Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Josh Buchan. Today we are looking at Yevamot 86. So we're going to look at two different sections on Yevamot. The first section is on Yevamot 86a. And really, I just want to highlight, there's this interesting phrase which comes up here. And I just want to sort of mention it because I feel like I have to. We have this phrase that says, Mishmei de Gemara. Right, which kind of means in the name of the tradition, the name of this this teaching that we have, and sort of what I love about this phrase is that it talks about the idea of of transmission. Right, like often you'll find in the Gemara, so and so said in the name of so and so. Well, here we have sort of a more general extension of that. Right, this is this is something being cited in the very name of the tradition itself. And what I love about this idea is it sort of tells us or reminds us of the fact that when we study Torah, when we engage in this kind of dialectic back and forth, we're actually doing so as part of a continuum of people who have been doing it for many, 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 many years. right? And, I, and it reminds me of the first Mishnah in Pirkei Avot and Ethics of Our Fathers, where it says, Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai. Right, and kind of goes on then to elucidate the order of the giving of the Torah. Right? The first Mishnah says, Moses received the Torah at Sinai and handed on to Yehoshua, Yehoshua, Joshua to the elders, elders to the prophets, the prophets handed on to the men of the great assembly. And this kind of list goes all the way down until today, right? We are sort of the, the inheritors, if you will, of, of this tradition. And, and any time that we study Torah, any time that we sort of engage in this kind of work, we are really carrying on not just this intellectual study, but also hopefully the prophetic ideal of striving to make the world a better place. And the second thing that I wanted to sort of focus on, which is related to this issue, is is found on, uh, it's at the very bottom of, of 86 Aleph, and it kind of extends into 86, 86 Bet. And we kind of have an interesting example of sort of what this train of transmission is supposed to look like. So we have a, we have a teaching here that says, Tana Rabbanan, uh, so the sages taught, or sages taught, Truma is given to a priest, and the first tithe is given only to a Levite. This is the statement of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah, who himself was a Kohen, said the first tithe is also given to a priest. So this so far seems like a very simple thing, right? We have this, we have these two different opinions. Um, one opinion, the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, says that the first tithe is given only to the Levites. And Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah says that, that it actually goes to the Kohanim, to the priests as well. And remember, he's a priest, so it's, I sort of feel like you know, he has some skin in the game. He's not totally neutral. But, but right away, just notice that they are interpreting and understanding a verse that was transmitted to them. Right? And the fact that we're reading this in a book, in, a, in the Talmud, is sort of evidence that this transmission has been sort of brought down to us right, in the form of this, of this teaching, which was then recorded in this book and printed in which we're now studying. So the Gemara goes on to sort of question this initial sentence, which was just which was just made, right? The Gemara says, "How could it go? How could the first tithe 
go to a priest, not to Levite. The Torah explicitly says that the first tithe is for the Levites. And the Gemara goes on to say, no, actually, what, what Rabbi Elazar ben Azari is saying, he's not saying that it has to go to a priest. He's saying that it can go to Levite and also a priest. So now the Gemara is going to further clarify these two opinions. So the Gemara, the Gemara says, what is the reason for Rabbi Akiva's opinion? My Talmud Rabbi Akiva. Uh, as it is written, he cites a verse in Numbers that says, you shall speak to the Levites and you shall say to them. Clearly, this verse refers to Levites explicitly, right? It's not talking about priests, just about Levites, right? And the other, the other opinion, the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, he says, in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi, as Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi said, in 24 places in the Bible, the priests, the Kohanim, are called Levites. And this is one of those places. So, so the, the basis for Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah's opinion is, is that apparently there are various places where the term Levite and Kohanim gets kind of conflated. And he's saying this is the reason why we can have Kohanim uh, eating the first tithe, when it would seem, if you look at the Peshat of the verse, which seems to be how Rabbi Akiva is understanding it, that, that this is actually something for, for, for Levites and not for Kohanim. Right? But again, just noticing the chain of transmission here, right? we have multiple people kind of weighing in on this issue, right? So Rabbi Eliezer is citing Yehoshua, Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi, who is kind of interpreting this verse. So Rabbi Akiva replies, and he basically says that you can't say that this verse is referring to priests, to priests, as it is written, you may eat it in any place, from which we learn that this is given to one who can eat it in any place, and this excludes a priest who cannot eat in a cemetery, right, because Kohanim are not allowed to go into the cemetery. We don't let Kohanim go into, into cemeteries because we want them to maintain this sort of constant level of holiness. And by going into a, a cemetery, they potentially come in contact with corpses and get tuma, they become impure. And in an effort to avoid this, we sort of prohibit priests from going into a cemetery at all, right? So uh, Rabbi Eliezer kind of has to respond to this. And how does he understand this verse? He says, no, 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 no. This verse says he may eat it anywhere that he wishes, meaning he could eat it in any city that he wants, right? And he does not, it's not, he's not required to eat it within a walled city, meaning Jerusalem, where he has to eat the second tithe, right? So Rabbi Eliezer kind of has a different way of interpreting this verse, that it's not, it's not actually talking about cemeteries in his mind. So therefore, it doesn't exclude Kohanim. And uh, so how did, so it's kind of what happens next? So the, the Gemara kind of relates, there was uh, this certain garden from which Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah, who is a priest, who's the person who's been saying all along that priests are allowed to eat the first tithe, right? So there was a garden from which he would take the first tithe because in his opinion, he's allowed to, maybe even entitled to do this. And Rabbi Akiva, who has kind of been his bar this, who's been arguing the opposite opinion, saying that the first tithe is only for Levites and not for Kohanim, he went to this garden and he closes up all the entrances except for the one entrance that's facing toward the cemetery. This was done in a way to, to kind of prevent Rabbi Eliezer from going in and taking any of the, of the tithe produce because he's no longer able to kind of maneuver through the cemetery, which as we just said, Kohanim can't go through a cemetery. Therefore, he's effectively blocked off this entrance and blocked off this garden from Rabbi, from Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah. And 
Rabbi Eliezer ben Azarius says to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, you, you know, you come here with your satchel, in parentheses, like filled with money, but I have to live, meaning I have to get my livelihood as a, from these ties, because sort of that's what I feel like I'm entitled to do. Now, in reality, Rabbi Eliezer was also a wealthy man. Uh, he was just trying to make this point, though, that, that Rabbi Akiva sort of acted in order to stop him from receiving something that he felt was rightfully his. Now, what I love about this story is that we have this sort of back and forth about this very issue that's transmitted to us as part of the Masora, as part of the tradition. And then we have a story which indicates that these rabbis, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Eleazar ben Azariah, really lived, really lived what they were talking about, right? That the kind of the values which they both expounded upon were really the values that they lived. And what I love about this is that it sort of kind of, to me, it sort of ties together what I was saying before, that right, we have this sort of transmission that we are a part of, right? There's a Masora. We are a continuation of something. And the continuation of something that, that's coming down to us that shouldn't just affect our learning, it should ultimately affect the way we live and then affect the choices that we make. And I know this is kind of a silly example, but we see here that Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah, he is living his life based on the way he understands the Masora, the tradition. Rabbi Akiva also, who's preventing him from taking the time, is also living his life based on the tradition. And my hope is that we can all really, you know, recognize that, that we are the inheritors of a prophetic tradition that's asking us to be better people and to make the world a better place. And it's asking us to constantly be striving to improve the world. And it's not enough for us just to be living it, you know, sorry, it's not enough for us just to be kind of living it through this text. We should really be living it in our actions and our deeds. And my hope is that the studying that we're doing here can really be just the initial framework for the lives of holiness and meaningfulness and, and you know, proper intent and really, really making the world a better place that I hope we should all be striving for. Thank you so much. This has been the Daily Daf Differently. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.